1: By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Um, how do you want to do this? Um, do you want to lead this or do you want me to? Oh, I'll, why don't I lead this? Sure. You do it because I think
0: you'll be answering most of these questions. Okay, cool. Nobody is ready for ask a Welcome, everybody, to Ask Away. Ask Away.
1: Where so, you can ask away. Yeah, but you can actually ask a John as well. You can, okay. but that does not uh, roll off the tongue. As ask
0: Away slash Ask a John. Where we answer all of your questions. All of them. Well, within reason. We yeah, there's answer. a lot here. Should do we should like I feel like we should set like a time limit cuz we can go forever with some of this stuff. Like, uh, do, sure.
1: Do we? Um do we? per well, question or no, for the show? I, I would
0: say for for the show. Like maybe an hour.
1: Whenever you feel sick of answering all questions. All right, maybe
0: an hour however long it says on your podcast player. We'll go we'll go at least an hour. Uh, okay, let's just kind of get into it. I figured I would lead it because, John, I think you are the expert. You'll probably answer a lot more of these than I will, despite the name. That's why I do think we should call this Ask a
1: John. You also think you're better, so that's fine. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's something for a different time. No, I,
1: I, lo- I love when you uh, when you lead. Anyway, so uh,
0: a lot of these questions are going to come from your pa- the, our patrons at the Post Wrestling Cafe on forum.postwrestling.com. Uh, if you are a patron and if you want to find out where the, where you can leave your questions for future editions, where you can just post everything in the post round table topic suggestion thread. And, uh, a lot of these actually were initially for that round table show, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we probably didn't get them a lot of them. So why don't we just kind of make our way through right now? I haven't looked at any of these questions beforehand. Nor have I. So we're going in cold. So this will be a random assortment. Okay. Alrighty. (laughs) Wha- <laughs> John Will Will Ospreay be signed to WWE by next year?
1: Uh, I'll say no I don't think he will be I think that he is I think that there's a contingent of guys That are more valuable outside of WWE Than internally I'm. That does not mean that I would say WWE would not want a Will Ospreay But I think it's a it's a golden opportunity for certain guys to be traveling the world and making more of a difference outside of it and I think a lot of these guys are looking at that kind of a currency in terms of relevance and impact on the entire industry rather than um a contract with a certain level or a certain number of zeros attached to it like could you imagine Will Ospreay right now in that NXT system where he'd just be He'd be in a similar position as say Adam Cole or Roderick Strong that I, I would be, if I was advising Will Ospreay, I would, I would stay out of WWE for the next year, but he's also someone that has, I mean, he's worked through a lot of injuries that at some point I can definitely see him there. Absolutely, like for
0: for him too, I, I I mean I feel he he seems like somebody who's who's a lot more uh, who has much more of a global presence, meaning that he's not necessarily just attached to America mm-hmm. and having a base in America for his wrestling operations, which I know is probably a big part of the draw for a number of people that sign with the WWE, people who leave New Japan because they want to be closer to their families, for instance.
1: Yeah, and someone that, let's be honest, his one contract he signed in the U.S. was for ring of honor which was not a really memorable run that he had there and he's going to be working for evolve and is someone that i think still hasn't had that huge presence with a u.s promotion that could be uh, to me he's a big tool for new japan as well to come into the u.s and and have as a staple of their junior heavyweight division we go to our next question who asks since nxt started in 2012 Do you
0: think there have been more failures than successes of performers making the transition to the main roster? So 2012, like who do we include in that first class?
1: Well, you're including... The Shield? The Shield would have to be part of that. Are they NXT talent though? Mm, I mean, they kind of technically were. Like Rollins was your NXT champion. At one point,
0: or is that like a more of a holdover from like the FCW days? You know, like where do you draw that distinction?
1: I mean, I still it's WWE developmental, right? So mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to acknowledge that it's okay. It's, let's it's still let's, the the system in place. So let's say certainly the Shield they've been successful with. Uh, the Wyatt family was thought of at the time to be a great creation in NXT, and certainly there was um mm-hmm. a, enormous interest in them when they came to the main roster. But I think they've greatly fizzled out. Um, yeah, Big E would have been called up right after NXT had launched. He was actually um, still going back and forth, which a number of them have. You have your uh, the women, primarily. Yes. A lot of them have been successes coming out. Yeah. I mean, for every Emma, there's been a Sasha, Banks. A, a, Sasha a Charlotte, a Paige, even. Um, Bailey. I'd say, has been a disappointment mm-hmm. now that we've seen her up here for a year and a half.
0: Now... Like, I think the debate has always been whether or not, you know, NXT, mm, we know that they can hire some really talented people, but how many people would you consider successes that are actually homegrown?
1: Well, that's that to me is a different topic, because if you're talking about starting people from ground zero, I mean, it's certainly like a, Bray, a much smaller percentage. I would say like a Bray, like a Sasha Banks. Um, S- Sasha was doing Independence though, before.
0: But the character came in NXT.
1: Well how many of them brought characters to NXT. I mean, that's kind of, that goes across the board. I mean, Adam
0: Cole and Shinsuke Nakamura or Samoa Joe or even Finn Balor are exactly the same as they were for the most part
1: before they arrived. But a Seth Rollins was like totally different outside than when he came in. I mean, I'm looking, like the whole purpose of the Performance Center is to recruit athletes to bring people in and build them up. And I would argue that yes, you're going to have certain blue chip athletes that you can bring in that you can get tv ready but i think it's to their benefit that they do kind of have the independence for that purpose i don't know how how cost efficient it is to be taking guys in and are taking their first bump at the performance center as opposed to having five years on the independent scene mm-hmm. and then you come in for seasoning for fine-tuning to learn that system and then you bring them up i mean yeah it's just a big it's a big anchor on WWE to be a starting point.
0: Judging by like the new signings, it seems to be that their model is to just kind of look into the independents to pick up the people that are already trained and with several years of experience, with the exception being people who represent international markets that you are starting from square one in terms of wrestling.
1: Yeah, and I think it can be debated, too, about the the adaptation process for yeah. somebody that has been... Uh, A prominent figure outside that has to come in and has to come up, which they've been adamant about going through NXT for that specific reason.
0: Like for most of that, I almost feel like it's more of a it's more of a just a way to kind of keep NXT hot and to make Triple H look good rather than necessarily to get people ready for 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 the main roster. That's kind of how I see it. But for like every 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 one of like every every Adam Cole or like a Finn Balor, you have like a like a Tino Sabatelli who, like, do you see guys like him ever making it out of developmental?
1: Yeah, like Mojo Rawley, for instance, who at one point they were very high on, and then you could see they definitely, he was brought up, less interest in him. I mean, they've kind of been hot and cold on that guy, um, Hmm. depending on certain situations. But you're right, there are going to be a lot of guys that are just going to be, ultimately, you're just going to have to cut bait on. And I think that there's a certain... It's a certain value that you could have all of these guys. That some of them will get cut, and some of them will just fizzle out, and they won't go anywhere. Like I, I throw out a a instance. Who would be a good example of someone that that was, that was cut? That was cut. That really just didn't do much beyond. Um, uh, uh, Adam Rose. Okay, Adam Rose. Okay, yeah. he got cut. It really you hear very little from him. Versus. A Cody Rhodes, who is the ultimate example of someone that got cut, and his career was so much better for it being cut, as opposed mm. to had he been in the WWE system the last two years. Adam Rose, I guess, had some other issues,
0: but he was hardly doing.
1: Much yeah, but he wasn't right. prohibited from continuing his wrestling career. Mm. I mean, he's you know his name pops up very infrequently. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Sticking with the NXT uh, topic, this person asks. Why do you think God, Why do you think there's such a disconnect for many of the characters transitioning from NXT to the main roster? And is, is there an easy way to fix it?
1: I wouldn't say there's um, a one one size fits all answer for every character, but, but, but is there
0: lo- one glaring issue that they can
1: fix? I think a lot of the times there, and I don't even know so much as there's those big examples now at NXT, but it was like. It very much goes from being a a cult gimmick that you could see that appeals to that audience that you put it on television and sometimes it doesn't resonate to a larger audience. You're also talking about, I would say, being more... They produce the talent in NXT. I wouldn't say they're underproduced, but on the WWE, those kind of glaring Mm -hmm. productions can sometimes... To me, it it harms a performer when they are brought into that WWE system and they're kind of introduced in the same. They come out, they do their signature pose and they talk that certain way. It becomes very hard. I think that you're operating with handcuffs when you're at that beginning call up stage, that it can be very difficult to get a new character across, especially when the the extra added bells and whistles aren't there. You don't get the vignettes for four weeks of a debuting talent. They just show up. And on the one hand, it's, hey, you're performing in front of a whole new audience, but we also bring you up with that same character with the understanding that people know who you are. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a disconnect there when not everybody knows who these characters are in NXT.
0: Yeah, I really do feel like they are sometimes making that mistake of assuming that audiences... Assuming that everybody knows somebody from NXT, and I don't think they're doing a good enough job of treating these reappearances as actual debuts, rather than, you know, just transitions from one roster to another. Because I think you can tell, like, as many people as there are that watch NXT, there are large portions of those Raw and SmackDown audiences that have no idea who cn is you know or or who even like nakamura was at at, at the time so i would really like to see them treat guys appearing from nxt to the wwe as almost brand new people you'll get that initial pop anyway but like i think you need to cater more so towards the
1: audience who has never seen him at all it's also a big difference when in nxt these are not traditional weekly characters you will go several weeks without seeing certain performers so it is still unique when you'll see them on tv you might only see velveteen dream once a month on television and with shinsuke nakamura his big matches were at takeover where i think there was a lot less emphasis on this guy's character who is this guy it was that audience was familiar with him he had great matches and that could get over in that setting when you are brought up to the main roster and you're there every week yeah. and you've got to differentiate yourself in a system that doesn't really allow differentiation that becomes a much harder task.
0: He's a really interesting case cuz like when he inevitably comes up to the roster how will they treat him? Cuz if you just brought that gimmick up the next day on Raw, I don't think it, I don't think it'd be it would just come across like a mid-card character. You know, rather than a main main eventer that I think he could be right now in NXT, um, I certainly think a lot of a lot of gimmicks kind of need that extra reintroduction in order to really, I don't know, translate properly. Alright, we go to uh, Paddington Bear who says, What do you think is going to happen with Okada this year in New Japan? Many of us thought that it's Naito's time to win the belt at Wrestle Kingdom 12, but it seems like Okada is supposed to be the star of this era, and that's why they extended his already record-breaking title run. When will he lose the title, and who will win it? The obvious answer would be Omega or Naito, but are there any other candidates? Can you see him headlining Wrestle Kingdom 13 as a champion?
1: Um, I think going through the whole year would be ambitious because at that point we would be at two and a half years of mm-hmm. this title reign. We're coming up on the second year this June at Dominion, um, so it's it's been a very successful title reign. You could look at the the business numbers and suggest that this is working. Why are we going to tinker with this formula? Because an Okada title defense is huge. And that's going to be proven in Osaka next weekend when you have a relatively cold challenger in Sonata. And it's still going to do very, very well from a live event uh, perspective. I look at the ultimate story of Naito being able to beat Okada at the Tokyo Dome as one that is specifically designed to be kept in your memory coming off of this week, uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom this year. I could... I could see Omega being the one that grabs it. I could also see a scenario where Gato does exactly what he did with Okada in 2012, and he he loses it to someone you never expected hmm. to, to beat him for the title, because that's how Tanahashi was viewed when Okada beat him, and no one thought Okada was ready, that it was completely out of left field, you interrupted this great title reign of Tanahashi, and Okada... Solidify or silenced any doubters within six months of that. And that's why I look at all of his defenses as having at least some intrigue to them because, well, I could say 90% that Okada retains against Sonata. I couldn't say that 100% because just of their way of creating stars. They're not going to do this where a guy is just in the mid card forever and you stop thinking of him as a main eventer. It's like if they believe this guy is ready. They're going to put him into a position before the public views them as being ready to create a star. And look at what they did after Styles and Nakamura left. They gave big wins to Omega, and they just said, we're going all the way with this guy, and the audience took to him. And Naito as well, who benefited from those guys leaving. So when they are in a position that they need to make a star, they do it very quickly before the public maybe is, is ready for it, which can be effective. We go to our next question. Well, who who do you see him losing the title to if you're looking at this year? Could you see him running the whole year? I can. Yeah. Um, like, I
0: think if there's something, anything that I've learned from, like, my, my, um, you know, uh, admittedly far far uh, lower consum- consumption of New Japan than you, but, like, still kind of knowing what the big booking decisions are, it feels like Gato is sort of, um, he doesn't necessarily book... Based off of audiences' reactions, and more so like for his own, you know, vision,
1: and I think because he has the benefit of seeing the bigger picture, whereas sometimes Booker's can get trapped in the reactionary mm-hmm. stuff of the small picture.
0: If there was a time to take the belt off of Okada, it would have been at Wrestle Kingdom, and the fact that he didn't tells me that he has something bigger in store either for a title change. Mm, but I just I don't think even Omega winning it, uh, let's say like in June or something like that, would would be bigger than like Naito winning it at Wrestle Kingdom twelve. So if you didn't do it back then, why do it at any point later? And
1: having Naito win the G one again, just like he did last year, and maybe um, you don't. Then I don't know. I'm not really sure. But I can, but I can see o- 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 Okada having the belt. What you still have though are a lot of. Interesting matches there's the fourth match with Omega with the last one being omega's win. Mm-hmm. You yeah. eventually can do a nito rematch, and the one record that Okada still has to chase is the overall level of defense number of defenses that tanahashi had that I still believe when tanahashi's healthy, you can go back to that match mm-hmm. after staying away from it for so long
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that I, I think that's an option.
0: The other question is, is of course if, if Okada can stay healthy throughout the year rest, sure rest that's, the that so could easy. throw
1: in a big wrench too if he Inevitably suffers uh, an injury that could Mm -hmm. be could throw a wrench into all of those plans.
0: Mm, Um, Jamie wants to know uh, there are obviously a number of names out there, but who who that is not currently signed to ROH nor Impact nor New Japan could you see NXT picking up Keith Lee?
1: I think that guy is would be at the top of my list Mm -hmm. of sought after free agents that could make a big difference that if i was new japan i would be going after that guy if i was nxt i would be going after that guy um to me he i didn't see a lot of his stuff coming up in texas but his very first appearance in roh i saw this guy as incredible like i was sold on this guy the very first match i saw with him with shane taylor and he's just a free agent i mean he's he works with wwn Mm -hmm. um but they've always kind of had a Like, if NXT were to offer him, like, he would go there.
0: So, if we're talking guys that aren't signed to ROH Impact or New Japan, what do you look at? Like, do you look at, I guess, the relationship with with Evolve? Like, even the MLW roster? Um, Who else? Who are some other names?
1: Well, I mean, Keith Lee would be near, I think, a lot of people's top of the list. Matt Riddle as well. Mm -hmm. Again, with a WWN affiliation. Um, um, I guess I'm just trying to think of guys that are... You know, kind of uh, not just even guys in, in like America, but guys all around the world in the UK. Did anyone stand out to you at the recent Destiny show? Any local guys?
0: Mm, for that level, not necessarily. I don't want to say. Um, like, is Jimmy Havoc signed anywhere? Is, I mean, he's. Does he have he, a contract he, with anybody?
1: I mean, it's just it's a. Like, I don't feel it's anything that would prevent him from going to a, a bigger place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, working for a Progress or, um, or for any of the UK yeah. talent over there.
0: There's also talent like on, and, and from, like, even their own uh, um, Mae Young Classic that they haven't really picked up yet. People like a Tony Storm, I feel like, are shooing in whenever yeah. they feel ready.
1: What's also worth noting here is that the Performance Center and NXT, like, they are rammed. Mm-hmm. Like, they are not... There aren't many... There aren't enough shows for all the talent. No, like you have a yeah. one hour NXT show mm-hmm. and you have no women's show. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, there aren't just all these, yeah, in a perfect world, we'd love all the talent in the world. Yeah. But right now, Keith Lee, what incentive would you have to go to NXT when you're, you're going to be working way more dates mm-hmm. on your own and probably making more than touring mm-hmm. Florida, working in front of 200 people every weekend uh, in Fort Myers? And I think that poses another question. Uh, big
0: question too, is like, are they signing too many people? You know, like when is a guy like Leo Rush going to get called up? Eh, maybe he'll get called up in this 205 Live thing. But they're also not necessarily releasing all that many people, it feels. It feels like there are a lot of people coming in, but not, not that many going out.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's the argument that that makes for certainly a, a competitive locker room that everyone's fighting for very limited spots that you're going to get the best out of these guys. But at the same time, If there's someone there that's been there four to five years and is still still at the bottom end, that's when I think you have to make that decision and cut him and see, is this guy going to go out and make a bigger name for himself? Because one thing you can say about the WWE is that they have shown an ability that even though we deem you, uh, even though they, they release talent, they go out there and reinvent themselves the door is open for a Drew McIntyre for an mm-hmm. EC3. Look at that guy who yeah. completely reinvented himself in TNA and yeah. is now coming back for a second chance.
0: You can argue like more so than somebody fresh off the independence because they know what type of person you are. They've worked with you in the past. They know that
1: you know their system. Um, and, yeah, don't, and that's why I would never, if I was WWE, have a hard and fast rule about in, in relation to, to Impact Wrestling and mm-hmm. its value – I will always lean on a talent that is at least outworking television and has that experience that is doing both matches, regular promos, understands the the structure of television, which I'm not saying like independent talent can't quickly acclimate to that, but I think that's a great that's a great asset to have for EC3 the fact that he's been doing television all of these last 4 years.
0: This person wants to know, what indie wrestler's career, let's say indie and international, or or let's say non-WWE wrestler's career, do you think has been hurt the most by signing with the WWE? He says, I don't think there's a sadder transition than the one from Kenta to Hideo Itami.
1: Yeah, I mean, his has certainly not gone well, but I mean, that's... I can't even look at that one as a bad treatment of the character. It's like he's been just riddled with injuries mm-hmm. and they got really behind him when he was signed. Um, the story of him going into the Andre Battle Royal. Um, and he, him being on Noah, like, uh, what would he necessarily... Do you think he would have
0: achieved all that much?
1: I mean, he would have been one of, if not the guy in yeah. Noah. That was his spot. Um, but he obviously... I mean, Noah is a, certainly at this point, you know, it's it's got its strengths, but... You know, WWE is a different beast for him. So I don't look at him as someone that was just signed and unfortunately was mm-hmm. misused. That's where I would look at a Grand Metalik, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, coming over and just, I would say a lot of the Cruiserweight guys, to be honest, like yeah. you could go up and down that list. And I think a lot of them have been misused or just not not gotten over to the degree they should be and mm-hmm. probably would be outside. Mm-hmm. Um Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne like we've talked about the fact like those guys I don't know how they're not featured on one of the weekly shows yeah. and the UK guys kind of just mm-hmm. it was all of these these promises that were laid out that really didn't amount to anything last year with
0: Bate and Dunne I would argue though that like their association with the WWE is part of the, the reason why they're, they're so talked about now you know the fact that one of them does have the, the title and the fact that they were able to showcase their talent on on that takeover show has made them probably a lot harder
1: yeah i would say they've they've reached though that notoriety that now they're in a position where i think that they're Mm -hmm. not in need of that wwe exposure they're at a level now and then like the
0: rest of them i mean like there are people that aren't being used very well like i'm thinking like a gallows and anderson but there are other reasons why they chose to sign with the wwe i don't know what in terms of money how, if they're whether or not they're getting more but I, I imagine like being closer to home is probably something that that is a value for them even if they're not being you know the most dominant tag, tag team in the-
1: and we're sought after too i mean we had the offer from impact for those two and aj so i mean there was there was other there were other offers for them as well mm. All right,
0: we go to Jeremy, who says, uh, what sort of new content would you like to see created by WWE and other promotions? Any, for instance, any new program formats or TV shows? Um, blah, 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 blah. Is there any technology, whether it be physical tech like drones or virtual like Instagram, that you wished was utilized more or perhaps better by WWE and other companies? Lock, uh, sell bars. Selfie yeah, cameras.
1: That's the advancements we, no, we've gotten over that's the past a good, two weeks. That,
0: but that's a good question, though. You know, like, I guess knowing kind of what you know about what's out there in terms of new technology, what is there something that the WWE can employ can uh, to their benefit?
1: I mean, know? they just announced that deal for, um, like, virtual reality for... Oh, they did? Well, I don't know about this. So it's... Uh, I'd have to bring up, like, the actual story, but it was essentially that they're going to be experimenting with technology that Mm -hmm. certain events you'll be able to pretty much put yourself as though you're in the arena watching it so there are wow i think that when it comes to any new technology or different outlets like the wwe wants to be as close to the ground floor for these new things as possible almost like they're just um almost like they're just playing blackjack and just they want to am i think about the right game where you uh you put the, you spin. Roulette? And roulette is what I'm thinking of. Roulette was what I was thinking of. <laughs> where they just want to put their chips on every number because one of them's going to hit and it makes up for all the other losses. Yeah. And you know, what? that was like, the whole tout thing that, that was, was like tout. maybe this is the next uh, Twitter or Instagram. Maybe it's not. But here's a s- relatively minor investment in the grand scheme of things that, that was we true. can take a risk on. And it didn't work out, but we tried. Well, they're trying with the XFL right now, too. Which is a gamble. That's there is a potential payoff to that. Potentially, Uh,
0: as far as like new technologies go, I had somebody actually ask me on Twitter. I'm sorry, I forget your name. I'm looking for it right now. But he brought up the idea of fantasy sports, like a fantasy league involving professional wrestling. And uh, I've never taken part in anything like that before. Do you do any fantasy like sports, or do you even like know much about
1: the concept of it? Um, no, not modern. Like I used to do a lot of like fantasy sports leagues and stuff that I was involved with, but that was a decade ago. I'll even give him a, I I actually pulled it up. His name's
0: Luan. He actually, he made a wrestling fantasy um, game for his college final project. And it is called WrestleManiac. I'm going to give him a quick plug here. WrestleManiac.net. You can join it. We're not sponsored by them. I don't even know if this thing is alive or if it works. Or if it's even... Uh, check check it out. Use your own discretion. Whatever. But, uh, you know, that could potentially be be something. Um, 3D or, or, or VR is actually kind of interesting because I think we're still in the very early stages of it just kind of seeing the potential involved. Uh, but, like, imagine having being able to have a match... With your favorite wrestler. Being in the ring with Brock Lesnar via a VR thing would be really cool. Being able to, like, even be in the ring. Like, they actually tried it once, okay? They did a thing where um, last year for WrestleMania, for the New Day's entrance, they put a 360 camera on a Kofi's ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool because just to see the the from the perspective of somebody walking down that ramp... Uh, what that view looks like is really incredible. And, I mean, with the WWE's production, they probably have no shortage of moments like that that they can share with from a different perspective.
1: I would love, and it goes... like I, I remember Paul Heyman stating this once, that one of the biggest issues with WWE is that they're so successful that offering an alternative, and I'm paraphrasing here, and he said this over a decade ago, was that you tinker with that strategy and offer alternatives it's there's that risk it's like we're doing this and if this change results in this then you how do you make up that difference essentially is that to like i would personally love if they had a show that was a completely separate production team that had Totally different ideas, Mm -hmm. and you could play around with it. And I know that during the initial brand split, they wanted that on SmackDown. They wanted to have a separate director and have SmackDown have its own, truly own look and feel to it. And Mm -hmm. it just, it never happened. So when you have the same philosophies across all of your programming, and NXT could be that but nxt is specifically designed to get you ready for the main roster so to do things all different is actually a disservice to what nxt is supposed Mm -hmm. to be so i don't know what that outlet is me personally i that's what i would want to do with smackdown is to make it a show that has a different director that has newer newer ways of shooting high level professional wrestling versus the rather patterned look we've had since 1997 of how a, a, a typical WWE broadcast looks and feels. Do you feel like NXT is,
0: is, is different? Like, different enough?
1: There are differences. Yeah. Certainly. I think that they, I think more so it's storytelling, though, rather mm-hmm. than production. Like, that feels like a WWE show. I would never watch that cold and not instantly know the connection that this mm-hmm. is a WWE product. But, in terms of uh, building characters, Peaking for five, four to five big shows a year, as opposed to one every four weeks. I think they're very effective at that. And look at their track record with Takeover. I mean, they that might be the best formula for a big show: mm-hmm. two and a half hours, five matches, and it's a win, it's been a winning formula for coming up on four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, blah blah blah.
0: He, uh, this person says. Oh, he also asked uh do you see, what sort of new content do you want to see be, be see created by WWE and other promotions? New program formats. shows? um I think documentaries are always good.
1: They're to- produ- like listen, we talk about the differences for production when it comes to what the WWE does well. They do it very, very well when it's uh, documentaries. <laughs> I I personally I like the style of programming that can actually enhance your your performers that can also show them, instead of everything being just this squeaky clean image that you do see the struggle element to a lot of these characters, that is something I don't think on WWE television they, they exploit enough, is obstacles and character flaws and things to overcome that I think ultimately endears the audience more to these characters, especially in a babyface capacity.
0: Roman wants to know if... With the success of NXT uh, and them continuing to sign a lot of established names, do you see them moving to an hour and a half or even two hours this year? Is that ever under consideration, knowing that they need more room for content?
1: Yeah, it's never been brought up, and I'm kind of surprised it hasn't because I think it ultimately comes down to the taping schedule that mm-hmm. they're taping, um, you know, once every couple of weeks and it's a big difference to be able to shoot your month in one night as opposed to having the book a second night for instance to do uh two hour episodes i like nxt as much as we talk about the roster being bloated i do like having that wwe show that is one hour and leave me wanting more at the end of it so It's,
0: it's also on top of the four five hours that you're creating two days prior
1: well and that's where it's kind of interesting that it hasn't become more of a a pressure from the network side because their goal is to have you locked onto your screen for as many hours as possible a week, knowing that you, the fan, may complain about six hours for the rumble, but most are going to watch the majority of it. And mm-hmm. even if you watch half of it, that's that's more than half of a three-hour show. So yeah. um, it's also the idea that you're just if you're going to pay this much money, you're paying
0: for more hours, even if you're not going to watch all of it. Like Netflix, you know, we we I I don't even know if I watch. Watched any Netflix last last mm-hmm. month, but the feeling that I'm getting paying for this much money to get all of that makes me feel
1: good, and that's when you also have to like look at the numbers side that you are a network subscriber if you increased nxt to two hours yeah you as a subscriber may watch those two hours and that's great we're engaging this subscriber but how many people that don't have the network are then signing on to justify the added production cost mm-hmm. of increasing nxt to two hours and i don't know if nxt moving is going to bring any more subscribers to your overall count
0: well then on a related note maybe not an extra hour of nxt but what about a woman's show for the network This person asks,
1: I think it comes down to the same argument of how many... I I think that's something inevitable that is going to happen. Like, you can clearly see now more than ever is this push towards um, the women's divisions on both shows that having their own hour, I think, is inevitable that that happens. And probably this year, you now have enough women to justify it, and... Where do you tape it? To be honest, like... I know that they're still committed to 205 Live, and I don't know if that's a negative. I personally would I, I would be much closer to putting it in a full sale than I would into... It, where you're going to have the same problem if that t- inherited the 205 Live time slot. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's going to be... Again, the atmosphere is going to be a killer, and it's going to not be a program that's going to connect to its most potential. But, and at that
0: point, is it feasible?
1: Yeah, you're oh. adding another production night then. Like to do it at full sale, it's easy for us to say, but that mm-hmm. that becomes a difficult side for your production team and it's another hour to be producing every week. How
0: would you assess the the success of the Maeyung Classic? Like several months away? Do you mm. think it
1: was a worthwhile experiment?
0: Do you think it's something that they should do again?
1: I thought it was a worthwhile experiment to do. I think that a lot of people were interested in it, but I wouldn't call it some home run. I don't know. I I just got the sense it didn't have the same level of interest as the Cruiserweight Classic did the year prior. Um, but but I, I really enjoyed that tournament.
0: Yeah, the matches certainly weren't as good, but I I would say the I find all the characters compel like maybe more compelling even than the Cruiserweight Classic. So like I feel like there's no shortage of talent to create storylines out of and to even create a whole show out of. I, that's something I'd be very interested in watching. Mm, I I I just. I, I don't know. I wonder if I'm in, in the minority, though.
1: Well, you, I think it ultimately comes down as well to just economics. Like, they will they will create a new show, like a Ms. and Marie spinoff, because E! is willing to pay them good mm-hmm. money for that. Mm-hmm. And to launch something on the network, it's kind of like you're adding content without any promise that there's any added subscriptions that are going to justify this. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a very smaller picture... It would be like you or me deciding to add another show to our network. It's like, are we making any more for doing this additional show or are we just putting more, uh, creating a workload that's that much more for us every week? Mm-hmm. So it, it's an economics decision. If, if for instance, USA was willing to give them Wednesday nights for an hour an all women's show mm-hmm. and they're going to pay them, I think it would be happening instantly. And
0: this was the deal with the UK show, isn't it?
1: Yeah if they had a, uh, an outlet that was going to pay them, that UK show would have happened. Like, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. So all these things, to me, are interesting uh, little pieces on the negotiating table as they're discussing this domestic deal and how much Appetite USA or, conversely, other bidders are going to have of what how much content they want from this company.
0: This person wants to know, what is your take on the complete lack of managers in today's WWE? They have had... People like Heyman and Lana show how great it can be and how much it can add to a character. There's so many performers who are great in the ring but not on the mic and vice versa, so why not pair some of these people up? Do you think it's just something they stop caring about or is it something they actively try to avoid?
1: I mean, we've kind of seen the philosophy on the main roster towards managers that it's been something that they've gotten away from, but. I will say that managers, especially over the last five years, have really displayed the effectiveness. Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega would be right at the top of my list. Mm -hmm. She has helped so much to turn Andrade's career around. Um, Brock Lesnar, I think, wouldn't have gotten a second contract if it wasn't for Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. I think they would have cut bait on that deal, and I think he would have been greatly diminished uh, had he not had that mouthpiece attached to him. Um, I look at even... Looking at impact, um, the role that Chris Adonis played as not your traditional manager, but to me, it made Eli Drake feel important mm-hmm. that he has this guy. Mm-hmm. And it made Rusev, to me, get across more because he could play off of Lana. And I think that that's so important sometimes that that is a little ingredient missing, that it just it enhances the the key member of the act that much more to have someone... The author is a pain with Paul Ellering. Like, Ellering isn't a big promo guy. He kind of just walks to the ring and stands there. The visual is worth it. It's great yeah. for the visual, and his promos are backstage. They're short, but they're, those two guys I don't want to hear talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to sometimes get a message across, and it's just the presentation makes it.
0: Who do you think on the main roster right now would benefit the most from having a manager? I mean they have two baby faces who aren't necessarily uh you know the best whose English for for them English is not the first language. Would you ever pair a manager up with Asuka or Shinsuke Nakamura?
1: If it was the right person I'd say with Shinsuke, Asuka no. I think Asuka is Perfectly fine on her own. Yeah, I think so. I don't think she needs anyone to speak for her. I think she has a level of charisma that few in the industry have. I think they're actually both fine. Uh, Or, like, the tendency in
0: professional wrestling is to pair managers with heels and not baby faces. Mm, So, I wonder if it would work with Nakamura. I also don't think he needs it. But then again, like, do you consider Gato uh, a heel manager? No.
1: Okada shifts to fit the situation. Like, he is the bully veteran against sonata like this guy that doesn't think that sonata's at his level Mm -hmm. um but in other scenarios i mean he can be the babyface. i mean he will adjust accordingly which tanahashi does as well um someone in i don't think a manager maybe is is the answer but i'm all out of them for bray wyatt that I, i don't know what you necessarily pair him with i think bray should be a manager you know, I—I mean, in ring, I mean—I <laughs> don't know. I don't know if him being a manager is really solving the thing problems is, is like either. The
0: Bray—the the Bray, the, the Bray kind of question is just: the guy is clearly like a wonderful character and a wonderful performer who clearly like doesn't. It's hard to say that he needs coaching because he's clearly at a level that's like beyond a lot of people. But it's just like. It's just kind of like editing him, you know, or filtering through somebody else that, that can help him get his message and get his character across a little bit better.
1: I'm also convinced he's a better babyface than a heel. And I know that you watch him and you're like, this guy screams heel. Mm-hmm. But I've seen him as a heel for the predominant run he's had versus um, it was right after the WrestleMania in Dallas where he came out. Of, he came out of that as a babyface, and that audience was into him and then he got injured right away. And then came back as a heel that at this point, that would be a direction I would go with him. And he's got to have his promos make sense. Like they're just, mm-hmm. yeah. Because there, there's stuff there. I yeah. wouldn't write this guy off. Sure. Like that's maybe my frustration with it is that there's, it's not like I look at this guy and just don't get it. It's just, this is not working and it's frustrating. It's, um, it's like, I've got a computer that I know works and it's just like this virus I can't get rid of. Because I know the computer will work. I just got to figure out this damn worm that's gotten into it.
0: Okay, do you believe the dominance of the WWE over the last 17 years has been a positive or negative professional wrestling in North America? Certainly the Monday Night Wars had higher TV viewership, but how do you believe the product compares to the late 90s slash early 2000s?
1: I don't think how you can look at the industry and so many promotions closing is a good thing. I mean, it's great for the talent that's there that are making enormous money, but that's a very small mm-hmm. top end of a pyramid of that are making that level of money versus the amount of full-time jobs that existed for U.S.-based promotions in the mid-90s when you had a healthy WCW, when you had a healthy ECW. Mm-hmm. And I think that certainly you're you're starting to see more of a, a worldwide presence where more independent wrestlers can do this full-time. But even that, it's not like it's a a gigantic number that are going to be able to have full-time jobs. And forget looking at the 70s or early 80s when you had so many territories that were employing guys full-time that it was much healthier, even though there wasn't that one dominant media giant like a WWE is today. I suppose the argument for is that
0: with one with essentially a, a monopoly of professional wrestling in North America, you kind of have this one established quote unquote major league promotion where everybody as, aspires to be be at and therefore you you have scenarios like you might have today where everybody from all the best talent from around the world will gather at this one spot, allowing them the opportunity to make these dream matches if they want it you wouldn't necessarily have that scenario if you had multiple number one promotions for instance
1: um i i still think you would be able to i mean at the height of the monday night wars when one guy jumped over i think that was that was really effective mm-hmm. um when you when you would have more established people on the outside i mean we're still looking at you know if like right now the wwe benefits from a from an audience that consumes a lot of wrestling like you are talking about fans that are more aware of outside promotions so it helps when you're able to sign them and they're treated like stars when they come in but i feel that also you've you've whittled away so much of your audience that you're down to a really a healthy amount but a core audience that mm. is going to watch raw every week and there are some fans that no longer can keep up with the product that you that you've lost
0: what do you think of fox suddenly showing interest in the rights to monday night raw and smackdown live could you see fox sports as a good fit for raw it would bring some viewers to that channel which could use them is there any chance fox would buy wwe outright
1: i would never say no to um fox buyout especially today when they've sold off so many of their Uh, of their affiliates and different properties to Disney, that they have an enormous amount of capital right now. For those not um, aware, like the FCC is ruling on this huge sale of properties by Fox to Disney for about $52 billion. So that's the kind of capital Fox is looking at now uh, to receive and putting all of their emphasis on news and sports. And they just grabbed the NFL's Thursday night uh, package for... 660 million a year so they have enormous money to spend and i think it'll come down to the ufc deal if they lose the ufc i think it gets to be a very it it benefits wwe because now you have a really active bidder with a lot of money that at the very worst wwe is going to drive their their number up with nbc so i could see Fox incorporating the WWE seamlessly if they lost to the UFC. That's a lot of hours to fill. Mm-hmm. And as we've just gone over, the WWE has a lot of hours. And if you get into the discussion of a potential outlet on Big Fox, that's huge for the WWE. Like They might be able to drive their rights fees up. So I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could end up leaving NBC for Fox. That's not my what I would be my educated guess. Um, and a sale while... It's possible. Like mm-hmm. it could happen. Like with, yeah. if they got an enormous offer and Fox has all of this money to spend, that they don't, they don't want to get into the rights fee game. They just want to own it outright. It's it would not shock me.
0: Who is each of your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
1: Michelangelo,
0: hands down. Raphael. Raphael.
1: Always. Yeah. You were a big uh, man. What, what what were his weapons? The uh... the sai. The Psy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was the Nunchucks guy. You like the Nunchucks? He's cool. Donatello really lame with the stick. Wow. Did you ever play... I remember on my Commodore computer having a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles computer game that I played. And it was the hardest game ever.
0: Nah, I never had a Commodore. I can't believe you did.
1: It actually wow. wasn't a Commodore. It was similar. Coleco? Vision? It had DOS on it. That was the operating system. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... I had that game I had a Wheel of Fortune game and I had a Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego game
0: What was your first wrestling game that you played?
1: Um, It would have been on Nintendo I guess and I think it was WWF Steel Cage and the goal of the game was to climb to the top of the cage and you just (laughs) stood there and I thought it was lame I was like you have to climb to the floor now but it wasn't capable of climbing to the floor My first system was uh,
0: Super Nintendo, and uh, that means I would have played... Royal Rumble, maybe? Yeah, Royal Rumble or Raw, one of those acclaimed games, that were really
1: bad. I had Royal Rumble for Sega Genesis.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, you were one of those people. eh? The
1: Super Nintendo game had more characters in it. The Sega version didn't have Mr. Perfect, and there were other ones that that the Sega version didn't have. I never played...
0: like I don't think wrestling games really got good to me to world tour.
1: Yeah. That was uh, the game changer for me literally. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh anyway, we yeah.
1: Is that your favorite uh wrestling video game because no, I didn't I didn't play anything I, beyond
0: N64. I actually didn't have an N64. I had a uh, PlayStation. So my game was uh the THQ games. Oh. I played the shit out of uh SmackDown 2 and uh yeah, I was such a nerd with it. dude. I, I would like to go to Creator Wrestler, and I'd like look up people's formulas to make like masala and like and Like
1: they actually had pieces for like juice. If you had Liger. world tour, you would have had all the FMW I know, guys. Oh, I know. Well,
0: they actually had pieces for juice and lager in there. So like I was such
1: a dork. Can you imagine oh like? Like, I guess, like, I really wasn't following much in 1997, but, like, what a deceptive practice of just taking all these well-known wrestlers, I mean, yeah. to wrestling fans, and just... It's because of the engine, right?
0: Because, like, wasn't that game originally produced in, in like, yes. Japan, and therefore yeah. they had all these sprites anyway, or at
1: least their clothes? They're Clearly, like, that, that was skirting a legal line. Yeah. Well, I guess they could do it, too. Have you ever played Fire Pro? You know, I was never like a fire pro guy. Yeah. And I know that's like, you that's know, it's kind of like
0: everybody talks about
1: it, wrestling still. heaven. But I yeah. I didn't play that game. I mean, I played it a little bit. Like I was not a big game guy. So no,
0: me neither. I kind of fell
1: out. Yeah. Well, uh, OK, let's keep
0: going here. We go to uh, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, someone, so much of this is in the rumble. Let me go. Let me go to uh, some of the more recent ones. Do you see Aleister Black ending the call-up after WrestleMania? And how would you book his first feud leading up to SummerSlam? I would have him destroy some local talent for the first four to five weeks and slowly build him up to take on the IC champ, possibly Braun.
1: Aleister Black,
0: do you see him coming up this year?
1: Oh, I'm picture! I'm picturing him hitting the Black Mass to Braun. I don't know if he uh, could do it. He'd have to jump. They also look kind of similar. Yeah, a little bit. Oh man, he could be. One's tattooed, one's isn't. Team it? Little Big.
0: I mean, they, they're both
1: kind of big. Did you see the Photoshop of Randy and Liz on the cover of the SummerSlam 1991, like, poster? Oh, but Braun and Braun Alexa? and Alexa? I, did. I didn't oh, see it. It's so funny. It said SummerSlam 19. Yeah.
0: Aleister Black, I mean, he's clearly kind of their next top guy in NXT, if not already.
1: I would um, want... I think Aleister Black is, like, top-end babyface material. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. Uh, to the point that in NXT... Like, that would be my main event for TakeOver, Mm -hmm. and I would go with Black, but would want the assurance that I need this guy until at least SummerSlam. Yeah. At least SummerSlam. I
0: think even beyond.
1: Well, I mean... It's tough, right? Because all of these guys, ultimately, they want to be on the main roster. It's true, but... They're not there to be on NXT forever. I understand. But, like, we,
0: we just talked about, you know, the there being a lot of talent right now that need airtime. And is Alistair Black just going to get lost in the shuffle when you bring him up to the main roster amongst Baron Corbin's and uh Bobby Roode's people who that they brought up and still aren't over yet that they're still working on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's you know? there. It's a glut of, of guys that you have in those roles. And especially it rings true on SmackDown where I think that's just such a bloated roster yeah and Corey Graves was talking about this on on the Edge and Christian show he actually prefers doing the three hour Raws because he feels the guys get two segment matches he feels more comfortable because he doesn't have to rush whereas he feels on Smackdown Mm -hmm. everything is go 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 they've got a million things to promote and it's just You just can't get all the guys on the show. So from his perspective, three hours is better. Interesting. I think that there has to be a a middle ground. I think two two hours could be better paced to where instead of trying to... I think they try to achieve everything. It's like, we got to get everyone in on this show, save for one or two guys. I think they should just realize, and this comes down to to booking guys too, that, you know what? This week, these are the three storylines. These are our three main storylines. These are the key people. And you know what? the other three storylines we have going on they're not happening this week. And yes, you have you can have Owens and Zayn on every week, but when it comes to your secondary level guys, you know, this week we're not focusing on the US title picture. That's next week. Uh do we start to ask the question
0: of of whether or not they're hiring too many people, bringing too many people up on the onto the main roster without cycling people back down to NXT or
1: worse? I think them. you know, I've I feel like one or two guys could benefit from going down to NXT and kind of having that. Like, I think for a one-off, it would be really cool for a takeover to have someone that has nothing going on at WrestleMania that they're put on takeover. And yeah, that's you know, that's not a fun conversation to give a guy that, hey, you're working this. To lose or to win, though. Probably to lose, right? Yeah, but I mean, to me, if, like, if the guy was on board with it... yeah. And approached it like Jericho going to do New Japan, for instance, that I'm going to go down there. I'm going to do a dream match with someone. If I'm like Randy Orton Mm -hmm. and I've got nothing going on and I'm going to go down and I'm going to do a program with Johnny Gargano. Okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be the number one heel. And I'm only going down there for one set of tapings and a takeover payoff to lose to Johnny Gargano. I would love it. I think that'd be awesome. Like, honestly, <laughs> is that is that a career killer okay, for Randy Orton? Randy Orton, <laughs> Randy Orton and Alistair Black. That's, I think okay. That, I think
0: that's very And maybe Randy Orton's example. on the
1: higher level yeah. of what you would think, but Randy Orton's got nothing going on. He's or, got nothing for WrestleMania. Or even,
0: like, a Dolph Ziggler, man, like, the, for the guy who's been re- off for so long, I think certainly, like, going down there to refresh yourself, I think, is something that a lot of people have probably suggested in the past, and... But the problem is just the financial hit that the guys would take, right, by being off of the main roster.
1: Well, I think you'd have to convince them. Yeah, because you eh, you don't have to take them off house shows, which is where they're getting um, a significant amount. But they're getting their downside. You're still getting merchandise. like We're talking about five weeks probably, okay? Yeah, for storylines, yes. For storylines. You're doing one night of tapings for NXT. And what you're missing is you're probably missing a cycle of a pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. But like, you know, I, I bring up the financial thing, but I would say like, even if if people might take a financial hit, I mean, I think we're letting business get in the way of creating the best product and creating the best, best art that's that you could possibly create using the talent that you have. I think that should always be the main focus, but um, I guess it's a tougher time trying to convince somebody to give up their livelihood.
1: Well, when you lay it all out, you can understand that, yeah, the talent privately wouldn't maybe be crazy about having to go do an NXT program, for instance, even though it's to the betterment of, they did that all the time with OVW, sending guys down to work a big show. Mm -hmm. But what we've seen is in the WWE, how many people are really going to take action and complain about something? Yeah, true. This is a company that the culture is, they follow the orders of the company. And Mm -hmm. maybe they complain privately, but Mm -hmm. certainly not publicly. Mm -hmm. And to a larger extent, this is being brought up now a lot with the UFC deal pending, is that why are none of the fighters making a big issue of the fact that they will share in zero of this revenue? Unlike the NBA, who get the Players Association gets an enormous portion of a television contract. We don't even talk about that subject in the WWE because it seems so far-fetched that any wrestlers would come together and say, when you sign this next deal, which one analyst pegged that they could get $243 million a year... The WWE talent will get zero of that. Mm -hmm. And that to me speaks volumes about both the UFC fighters and the WWE wrestlers that you have lost out on revenue from the network. It's all discretionary by the company. Like they have lost out on tons of money and they don't have the ability to go out and get outside sponsors. It's a very restrictive environment when it comes to maximizing your worth.
0: There There are only a handful of guys who could even entertain the thought of asking a question like that. And we know the guys in those positions probably aren't in those positions because they're known for asking those questions. So. And
1: look, I mean, the one who has outlined this, what was CM Punk, was mm-hmm. when he he was at his hottest and he was trying to get an outside sponsor and was shut down. Mm-hmm. And then Brock was able to get it. Brock's the one guy that's been able to get that that sponsorship consistently. But even a Punk at that level who would be one of those guys you would look at to confront over these issues. And and he wasn't able to get what he wanted.
0: Uh, we go to uh, our next question, who says, uh, do you think Ronda signing with the WWE overshadowed what was overly a fairly successful rumble?
1: I think it was designed to be the biggest story coming out of it. And it was a giant benefit to that women's rumble that she was part of it. I think like, so too. Like, Look at all the places that, that Rousey man. was covered in. Like, would people, do
0: people honestly feel like the wrestling world would be better had ESPN not picked up that story? Had nobody else picked up that story? I think we're still talking about the Rumble being a really good Rumble. It's just that there's this other big news that's, that's attached to it as well, which made the show, to me, even better.
1: Yeah, I can't, mm-hmm. like... It's not even a question of how much less coverage there would have been without Ronda Rousey. Like, that's ridiculous. And I think it's a very small amount of people that look at this, and they're simply looking at it from a fan's point of view as kind of a, like a nitpick thing. But it's just like, come on. R- like, Ronda's also like, I, I also
0: I, I feel like people that are saying that probably don't know the level of star that Ronda is and, and how big of a deal this could potentially be for professional wrestling. If, Ronda Rousey being in professional wrestling is huge for professional wrestling.
1: Going into this this whole set of negotiations for your TV deal, like, I'm sorry, but Ronda is arguably the most valuable. I would say she's more valuable to your casual observer than anyone on this roster, with the exception of Dwayne Johnson, if you want to include him. Right. We got a Brad who wants to know, John,
0: I know your son Max is still in his first year, but have you thought about how, when, or even if you will introduce him to wrestling? With my son, I think I will be waiting until he's at least six or seven so I can fully explain to him what it is and why he shouldn't try anything he sees for himself. Have you thought about this? Uh,
1: not not really. I, I mean, I'm not going to introduce him to anything. I, that
0: He's yeah. already been watching New Japan, actually
1: uh he, he has been in his uh activity center when, when new japan has been on before um <laughs> maybe it's a question for a later time when he when he gets naturally curious yeah yeah i don't uh i don't know if, if he'll have any interest or not hmm okay question from this poster he
0: says if new japan and wwe had a best of five world cup of wrestling type series similar to what WCW and w- New Japan used to have at Starcade uh, 95. What five matches would you both like to see them put together? Mm. Sort of a big question. Why don't you just give me one? If you could make a dream match between New Japan and WWE talent, who would you like to see? Mm. Let me think about this. I always hate these questions. I know. Because <laughs> they'll never happen. I mean, sometimes they might happen, but, like, let me try to... Th- let me just get one. Um...
1: Well, I guess the natural people would go to would be Styles Omega, right? Like, that'd be a fun match. Oh, yeah. I forgot Um, about that. Because that had a program to it as well.
0: Um, That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Um, Trying to think. Uh, uh, Fine. Yeah, I'll go with that.
1: You know who I think would actually have a really fun match? I know a bunch of people will shit on this. Mm -hmm. I I would like to see Okada and Randy Orton. I think those two together would have a really great match. I'm much more high on Randy Orton than most people. I'm not with you there, but
0: I can I I, I like when
1: he's on. I think he could.
0: Horton definitely. Be and Naito. On.
1: No. Naito? Yeah. No, I knew he just wouldn't be my pick of all the people that I could choose from. No, I'm like, just I it's see. one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Rollins with um, Naito. A lot of pairings. You There's could, a lot of interesting ones you yeah. could do. Okay, uh,
0: jeez. Uh, okay, um, if the Rock can't do Mania, who should Ronda tag with? Um, you know, uh, I guess the popular ones have been Braun and Angle, right? Braun and Angle, yeah. I mean, just seeing how Braun was with Alexa, I think, I mean, it kind of plays into the Triple H feud, obviously, of course. Yes. With Braun, to me, that's almost a a very natural backup for The Rock, and I'm sure maybe somebody that they're actually considering.
1: I'd prefer Braun. Like, I get the connection with the two gold medalists, but I really like Braun because it's a match that serves a full-time performer Mm -hmm. that looks to be someone that could legitimately break through and be a top guy for you, and arguably is already, um, that I I think he would greatly uh, be helped by that. Our
0: last question. Joe wants to know, why aren't there more top guys made into tag teams? Who can forget the Rock and Saw connection? I always felt felt that AJ and Nakamura would be great together. Uh, Also, with the women finally getting all the men's matches, how soon can we see women forming tag teams? Thank you.
1: I think the tag division is probably going to happen. What do you mean? A women's tag division? Is oh. that Was that the question? Uh, just the, the idea of, of uh, main eventers being formed into tag teams. Oh, That's okay. Right. I, I've always loved that idea. We've talked about that. You, I think it's always great to have an affiliation much like, you know, you could have... Mega your, powers. Exactly. What yeah. we see right now with um, uh, certain talent in, in Japan, for instance, like where you can have the the affiliations, but mm-hmm. also singles runs at the same time. You think a women's tag team division will happen? I just think with all the women at this point, I think that that's probably the next the next yeah. thing that we could see.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're introducing another set of titles on TV at that point, though, so it's, like, especially for SmackDown, I see that
1: being sort of an issue, uh, having matches every week. But that that shouldn't stop them, I think. They G- given all the back and forth now, I mean, is it not worth an idea to just have one set of champions?
0: Mm, how do you build the storylines? For champions like who can't appear on both shows.
1: Well, if you're introducing tag belts, yeah, I mean that's that's one, you know, set. Sorry, so the champion gets to go for to
0: either brand. Yeah, but how do they promote their title match? Let's say with a SmackDown team, if they if that SmackDown team can't appear on Raw.
1: I think you can have secondary non-storyline, non-title storylines. That just creates a disconnect, though. We've seen we've seen we the watch match- it with the men. The men don't need yeah, titles we, to feud over. But we've seen them...
0: But uh, but I'm saying, let's say, uh, you know, one set of teams... Okay, let's say the Usos are champions. They can appear on Raw and SmackDown, correct? Yeah. They appear on Raw. How do they promote their match... Uh, a upcoming match with um, Gable and Benjamin? You know?
1: Like, I mean, uh, I said why, why would there be a match with Gable and Benjamin? They're on Raw. They're feuding with a Raw team for this month. Oh, so you're saying they
0: will pick one show to appear on for that month.
1: I mean, they have the ability to go back and forth, but it can right. be it's the champions whatever they're, they're programmed with. I, I just say all this because they tried this with the
0: Undisputed Championship, didn't they? They did, but they, they quickly gave up on it. Because, to me, it felt weird, like seeing, uh whatever, like, Triple H on one show, and then him appearing on the other show, but only on Raw will he have interaction with the person that he's having the match with.
1: Well, I feel it's it's all the more reason why you need to strengthen these secondary titles that yeah. they can be something like they took Brock off and they they were they made off fine without having a world champion there most weeks no i'm certainly not against the
0: idea especially like I think it you know like you can have titles defended on TV a lot more often if you have more titles so that you know you don't necessarily need to p- promote them all on pay-per-view and you make your TV matches that much more important
1: um, I'm not and against you could NBA argue though. that it could it could help enhance who are in those specific roles like how much more of a star would what they really need though are some six-man tag team championships oh god the, the bane of my existence in modern day well especially in New Japan Well, that wraps it up for
0: our first edition
1: of Ask Away on
0: post-wrestling. Do we have a lot left? No, I think that's it. Okay, great. Yeah, We've almost got through everything, so we thank you for uh, all of your uh, suggestions. So, next month I'm thinking that we swap this out with the post roundtable, which is a very kind of similar, uh, you know, idea. We'll answer all your questions, but we'll be joined by two of our friends from uh, around the industry, people whose uh, opinions about prof- professional wrestling are are uh, very respected. And uh, I believe next month we will do the post roundtable for the free free feed, and we will have ask away be a uh, patron exclusive and we're doing that mainly because we want to allow our guests to be able to share the show with their listeners and uh, people that they want to share the show with so these are kind of like everything we're doing is sort of like a work in progress and uh, we thank you guys for coming along for the ride let us know what you guys think about this show
1: cool thanks to everyone for listening and of course postwrestling.com is where you can go and that's it goodbye